and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Well, we made it. It is now officially May. Uh, Cue the Justin Timberlake meme of him saying it's going to be me, but it's going to be May. Um, You know, here in Chicago, it was still like 40 degrees this morning. Uh, It's been cold and rainy every day for like two straight months. But I guess finally, it's going to get warm. It's going to get hot. We're going to see some 70s and maybe even 80 degree days next week. So I'm excited for that. If you're a returning listener, you guys know the drill. You know how this goes. You guys are the best. If you're a new listener, I got before we get into everything, got to plug everything. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. If you can, uh, rate and subscribe, please, and uh, leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you head over, if you're listening on your iPhone or your Apple product, head over to my podcast page where you're listening to this. Uh, if you kind of just scroll around at the bottom, you'll see the ratings and reviews. If you write me a review, uh, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. I love reading those. Kind of gives me uh, you know, a little confidence boost to keep this show going, to keep plugging along, keep getting these episodes out. Five-star rating, subscribe, all of that helps. I uh, just want to get some more ears on this podcast. feel like we have a, uh, a good thing going here. So thank you, guys. And on Instagram, like I, I always say, you know, if you ever want to talk Disney, if you have any suggestions, um, ideas for the show, segments, questions, concerns, anything, uh, shoot me a DM. My DMs are always open. I love talking Disney. So now that we got that out of the way, we can jump right into the Disney talk Last week's episode, if you haven't listened already, we did another Disney deep dive. I think this was my second one, Uh, the first being Test Track. This one was all about Disney Springs, a.k.a. Downtown Disney, a.k.a. the Lake Bonavista Village, a.k.a. the Disney Village. You know, I had a lot of names over the years, but an interesting place. You know, when you really think about it, we kind of obviously dive into all of it, but, you know, it's a shopping entertainment district it's a shopping center they have entertainment live music food and it's like on the grounds of a amusement park it's so weird to think about you know I kind of uh when I was listening back to the episode I was like maybe I should have explained it better you know if there's any listeners who haven't been to Disney or to Disney World like you know what's Disney Springs what's downtown Disney like it, it's so hard to explain Disney sometimes to people who haven't been there because it's just so huge. It's, you know, it's it's a it's a giant resort, you know, and on these resort grounds you have four theme parks, two water parks, uh, like what fifteen ish twenty hotels, something like that, and uh, you know Disney Springs. A basically it's a giant shopping complex with, you know, restaurants and stores and live music, and just kind of a place to hang out and do some shopping and dining. So uh, we would go over all of that. You know, thinking back to, I really I really do miss downtown Disney. I wish I could go back in time and, like, shop in those uh, those classic Disney stores one more time. But it's a good listen. If you guys are interested, haven't listened already, it's in the archives. Check it out wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, still in the archives, I've gotten a lot, a lot of positive feedback. I uploaded Epcot music to uh to spotify now you just have to go to my podcast page you know there's like a maybe a two minute intro uh and then it's just straight 40 minutes of epcot area music uh it's the the music loop you know you'll recognize from the entrance from different parts of the park so 
If you ever need Disney music in the background, check it out. It's on there. Uh, and my plan is to upload, you know, more, more of those music from Magic Kingdom, maybe more from Epcot, you know, other, other parks and hotels and stuff. So um, definitely going to do that in the future. But before that, our episode today, we're going to be talking about MGM Studios. That's right, Disney's Hollywood Studios, what it used to be. Uh, it just had its birthday on May 1st, so I figured let's talk some Disney's Hollywood Studios. We're going to talk about the top five things I miss about MGM Studios. All right, here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, for some of you listeners, maybe that's all you've known it to be, Disney's Hollywood Studios. But for me, and probably a lot of you guys listening right now, it was and maybe always will be Disney's MGM Studios. Now, Disney's Hollywood Studios today is, yeah, it's a lot different than it used to be. Um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a meme I always like to share around May the 4th. Uh, it's, if you're a fan of the Muppets 3D show, uh, Sam Eagle has a line in that show that says, uh, he goes, it's a tribute to all countries, but mostly America. Uh, and there's a meme at Sam Eagle and it's Disney's Hollywood Studios, a tribute to all movies, but mostly Star Wars. Uh, it's even truer now, you know, with uh, Galaxy's Edge and the hotel right there. You know, Hollywood Studios today, you know, what is it? Is it still dedicated to the movies, like how it was, you know, originally created to be? I, I yes and no, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars, and, and Toy Story. Um, it's, it just kind of feels like more like your regular amusement park nowadays. It's a theme park. It's themed great. Don't get me wrong. It's just that it's so much different than it used to be. It used to be such a unique park. You know, there was nothing else like it. You know, Universal Studios was the closest thing, and they were competing, you know, to open up at the same time. And it's just, it's so much different than it was when it opened. It's so much different than it was when I was a kid, when I was in high school even. You know, I, I want to say up until about 2008, it still had that studio, you know, feel to it. And that's what I miss. I love the movies. I love nostalgia. Uh, and that's what Disney's Hollywood Studios used to be. Now, you know, it, it's great. They've they've made some great improvements to the park. You know, it's, you know, especially since, like, opening day. You know, they obviously have Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. And, you know, they've added um, Toy Story Land, which is great. I love Toy Story Land. Toy Story Mania, a really fun ride. Slinky Dog Dash, a really fun coaster. You know, the Alien Saucers, they do their job. You know, it's a... Uh, um, you know, a more tame attraction. It's cool. It's cool to walk around there. They got good food. Um, you know, Galaxy's Edge, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I, I, I talk about it a lot on my Instagram as well. You know, not, maybe not as much on here, but I'm, you know, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. It, it's okay to me. I, uh, I was a bigger fan when I was younger. Um, you know, when they started re- 
you know, started making more movies. You know, I don't know the names. I don't know if it was like Last Jedi or uh, I don't remember what it was called, but um, like kind of like the first one. I want to say maybe in like 2015, whenever they started making movies again, I saw that one, um, and I haven't really seen the one since. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of fell out of love with Star Wars. You know, when I was a kid, I loved the Star Wars video games. That's kind of how I got into it mostly. You know, my parents were a fan of the movies, so I'd always watch the older movies. But the Star Wars video games is what made me a Star Wars fan. Super, I think it was called just Super Star Wars for Super Nintendo. An incredibly difficult game my dad used to help have to help me with. Um, and as I got older, you know, they had some more games for like PlayStation 2 and GameCube and the big one. Star Wars Battlefront was huge, one of my favorite games ever. Uh, Battlefront Battlefront 2, I had it for PlayStation 2, had it for PSP. The reason I bought a PlayStation 4, I kind of got out of gaming. Um, I bought a PlayStation 4 to play Star Wars Battlefront with my friends, uh, Brian and Chris. We were big Star Wars nerds and wanted to play together. So, you know, and then, you know, I just kind of fell out of it. So the Star Wars stuff really doesn't do it for me. The new hotel, Galaxy's Edge, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Eh. You know, it's not not for me. But that's enough Star Wars talk for now. We're here to talk about what it used to be. Disney's MGM Studios. Even the name. There's so much nostalgia in the name. If you ever, if you never got to experience or you want to uh, have a flashback of nostalgia, Google MGM Studios in the 90s. And you're going to have flashbacks. Uh, and we're going to get into all of that. But I wanted to do, you know, instead of just talking about MGM Studios, I wanted to do the top five things... I miss about it. Um, that way we kind of can work in our top top five list. We can talk about what it used to be. And, uh, you know, I'll talk about some, you know, changes and, and things I would have done instead. Now, the park opened May 1st, 1989, the same day as Disney's Pleasure Island. So, big day. Um, yeah, and this was, this was new. This was exciting. You know, I don't think people knew exactly what to expect at first. At least I know for my family, you know, my first Disney trip was in 1992. And I had to ask my mom, we didn't even go to uh, MGM Studios that very first trip. We just went to Magic Kingdom and uh, and Epcot because we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know if they'd have enough for like the small kids to do. You know, I was two. I think my oldest cousin was five. So we just stuck to the basics, stuck to what we knew. Um, but some of my favorite pictures that I have to this day you know, is, are when we went to MGM Studios when I was like three or four years old, um, taking pictures with a bunch of characters and just cool to see. We got some really good family pictures there. Um, but it was a big day. That was a big thing. You know, Michael Eisner, this was his baby. This was his brainchild. He wanted to create a theme park that was kind of dedicated to the movies and also served as a working movie studio. You know, they could film movies and TV shows and do animation and, and commercials and whatever. You know, they could do that there instead of California. You know, there's some rumors and, and um, maybe it, maybe it's confirmed rumors, you know, that he stole the idea from Universal. Uh, they were building their park, uh, you know, obviously only a few miles away. And the rumor is that he stole the idea and, um, you know, Disney got it built first and opened first. But... You know, this was his this was his baby. He wanted, you know, a park that worked as a movie studio. He kind of came from the movie background. You know, his quote I looked up when he, um, you know, the dedication when he opened uh, MGM Studios on that opening day. He said, "quote 
The world you have entered was created by the Walt Disney Company and is dedicated to Hollywood. Not a place on the map, but a state of mind that exists wherever people dream and wonder and imagine. A place where illusion and reality are fused by technological magic. We welcome you to a Hollywood that never was and always will be. So pretty, pretty good words there. Good spoken word. Um, maybe he has a, uh, a background in poetry. Um, but when the park opened, uh, it was definitely interesting. It's different than the other two parks, you know, on Disney property at the time, Magic Kingdom and Epcot. You know, this one was dedicated to movies and it had a lot of live action and shows and obviously doubled as a working movie studio. You know, at first, too, the uh, the park, you know, the Magic Kingdom had Cinderella's Castle. Epcot has Spaceship Earth. Like, what was the park's icon? You know, at first, I believe, I want to say people kind of recognize it. Even the company you know, recognized the Earful Tower as, you know, kind of the staple, as the, uh, you know, the icon of the park. Um, I do think that the Chinese theater kind of overtook that pretty quickly. You know, the Earful Tower wasn't showed as much. Um, and especially lately, no one even kind of remembers that. But the Chinese theater was kind of always front and center. You know, Disney, even with the name MGM, obviously they had to kind of license that and work out a deal uh, with the classic movie company and get, you know, kind of rights to some of their movies and music and stuff. You know, and, and their goal was not only to provide, you know, uh, a theme park to tourists and guests with attractions and shows and stuff, but also bring you know part of hollywood to florida like that was their goal they wanted to make it pretty much you know hollywood east they wanted to uh have a bunch of shows and movies and production companies kind of work from there kind of make florida like another hub you know in, instead of california and you know there were, were a couple theme things there uh filmed you may know you know Ernest saves christmas um and the movie newsies uh were filmed there both uh disney you know, movies that were filmed at uh, MGM Studios on their lots and stuff. But I think probably the bigger impact um, was their animation company. You know, they had Disney Animation Florida, and they actually worked on some big projects there. There were actually some big-time movies that were created by animators there at MGM Studios. You know, they worked on um, Mulan, Lilo and Stitch, and Brother Bear. Now, it's crazy to think about, because when I read that... I remember going on the Backlot Tour, one of the attractions, and, you know, at one of the parts you kind of cut through where, like, the animation studios were, and they had, like, a bunch of movie posters and a, like, um, um, like a hedge, like a bush that was kind of cut into, like, a dragon, um, and I remember the tour guide saying that they were working on or had just finished working on the newest Disney animated movie, Mulan. So that's pretty cool to think that when I was like seven or eight years old, uh, you know, we drove past the trailers and buildings where the animators were sitting down you know, and creating such an iconic Disney movie. Some other shows and stuff that was filmed there. Um, a lot of Disney Channel stuff. The Disney Channel, you know, Mickey Mouse Club, uh, Adventures in Wonderland. Um, Thunder in Paradise, the uh, the great TV show starring Hulk Hogan. Um, they've you know done some live uh, game shows from there. Um, Wheel of Fortune, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. They also used to film WCW Wrestling there at MGM Studios, which is another great memory for me as a kid, as I was and still am a pretty big wrestling fan. You know when they when so uh, brief uh, not to go down the wrestling nerd rabbit hole, but 
everyone pretty much knows what WWE is, you know, the biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, well, back in the day, there was another company that was pretty big, owned by Ted Turner, called WCW. And, uh, you know, they filmed their weekly show at MGM Studios. And they signed Hulk Hogan, you know, away from WWE to wrestle for them instead of Vince McMahon. And when they did that, Hulk Hogan had a parade at Disney's MGM Studios. Like, you want to talk about 90s nostalgia. doesn't really get much, uh, you know, bigger than that. So some cr- pretty cool stuff there, some other stuff that was filmed. Uh, and I believe, like, Home Improvement was another one that was filmed there as well. And, you know, obviously they got away from that working movie studio and just kind of focused on making it more of your standard Disney theme park. And it's something, you know, we're going to get into with my top five things I miss about Disney's MGM Studios slash Hollywood Studios. So I'm going to start off the list with my first one here. The first thing that I miss, I guess you could say number five, is just the the random unique characters that you would see at the park. Some of my favorite memories, some of my favorite pictures are when I met the Ninja Turtles. That's right, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at Disney's MGM Studios. They had they had their own show there as well. Now, it wasn't like your standard sit-down-in-a-theater show. I think it was kind of more of those, um, you know, outdoor stage, and, like, they'd perform, like, a few times a day. And they would just kind of walk around, like, the back lot area, like, the Streets of America area, and put on a show with, I don't know, probably just them, like, dancing around <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but even if they were just walking around, you know doing nothing like seeing the ninja turtle like seeing the ninja turtles now i'd kind of freak out but the ninja turtles in the mid 90s were still like peak popularity every kid my age around my age was obsessed with the ninja turtles so to see them at disney world you know was amazing and i have pictures with them and my cousins there's a we have a great picture in front of the ninja turtle stage it's my grandma uh with the three grandkids standing there you know, I got my Ninja Turtle t-shirt on, Grandma's rocking a fanny pack, just great pictures, great memories. Uh, and I was so obsessed with the Ninja Turtles, so it was cool to see them. And just characters like that, like the Ninja Turtles, not your standard Disney character, you know. You're, we're used to Mickey and Minnie and friends and, you know, the characters from the movies. And then here's like this other, like, kind of, you know, licensed property, the Ninja Turtles. So that was awesome to see. You know, uh, I wish we saw more of that. But again, another big one. Uh, I remember seeing back back in the day was Roger Rabbit, a, an iconic character that was always overlooked. You know, I know Disneyland had the uh, Roger Rabbit attraction, but Disney World had nothing after they took it away from MGM Studios. And you would see the Roger Rabbit character walking around, and again, kind of in the back lot area, they had like a uh, Roger Rabbit kind of photo op area. They had some like movie props um, and other things. I think like the characters would actually come out there as well. Like they had the giant steamroller from the movie, if you're familiar, and it was a photo op. So they kind of they had the steamroller set up where uh, they kind of like um, dug out like the bottom of it, like the rolling part, so you could like lay down in front of it, and it made it look like you were about to get smushed by this giant uh, steamroller. So that was always cool. Always made for good, funny pictures. Again, something I remember when I was a kid. Like another unique photo op, a unique area, and again, another unique character. And, you know, um, 
that's what always kind of made it cool and unique to go to MGM. Like you could go to, you know, Epcot and Magic Kingdom and see different characters, but you could only see the Ninja Turtles and only see Roger Rabbit, you know, at MGM. You know, speaking of unique characters and characters you don't see, like obviously you would see the Star Wars characters as well. You know, even though Galaxy's Edge wasn't there, you know, Star Tours was there. And uh, you would see, you know, like you could see like Chewbacca or some of the Wookiees. Um, or what are the other things too? Uh, the Ewoks, I think it is. You could see them. Like you couldn't see that anywhere else. And it was cool. It was neat. You know, Disney didn't own Star Wars at the time. It was, it was crazy to see even Star Wars in the park, let alone like all these characters. Some of the other characters too. Um, if you go back and like look up pictures, like uh, if you remember the TV show called Dinosaurs, um, those characters were in the park for a brief moment there when that show was at its peak popularity. Um, but even later on into the, you know, late 90s, 2000s, you would see um, characters, you know, you wouldn't see at other parks. So, like, I remember seeing uh, Hercules and uh, Meg at MGM Studios. You know, it's you don't see them anywhere else. And, again, underrated characters underrated movie you know something you don't see a lot of you get to see them there so just seeing unique and different characters you know it kind of added to the uniqueness of the park you know you're, you're not going to go there and see the basic mickey and minnie you know just dressed up in like movie um costumes like you'll see that anyway but you'll also see so much more and i can't forget either the you know the muppets mgm studios has the muppets so you can see the muppet characters around um you know, again, you don't really see them around now. You know, back in the day, you can look up some pictures, like, especially around, like, opening day. I think they had, like, a, uh, a Miss Piggy and a Kermit. Uh, you could see them walking around. Um, but it's just, it's so cool to go back and look at all these, you know, these pictures, these vintage pictures, and see the characters that you would never guess you would see in the parks. Like, you know, Jafar. We don't see much of Jafar. You can see him at MGM Studios. Um... You know, you had, uh, uh, again, Roger Rabbit and some of those characters, uh, some of the Beauty and the Beast characters that you wouldn't see anywhere else, like Mrs. Potts and Chip, you know, you would see them there. So that's always cool to see and, you know, get to experience. It's all about the photo ops with the kids, you know, at that point. But let's move on now to my number four thing I miss about MGM Studios, the Streets of America. Now this one, this one there's not a lot to it you know it wasn't this huge big themed land with a bunch of attractions and uh, roller coasters and shops it was just an area you know it was a back lot area with like a bunch of like movie backdrops and it was made to look like streets um i believe there was like two different streets it was made to look like new york and san francisco they had like all the fake and mock like storefronts and windows and doors and they were super detailed. Um, you know, they made them that way so that if they did film, you know, a TV show or a movie, it looked like you were on the street. You know, they had street lights as well and lanes and parking and fire hydrants where, you know, so if you were walking down the street, it looked like you were walking down the street. Um, you know, I, I wish a lot of the buildings were real like i wish they could have utilized those more they were really just you know mock props and like just fake buildings you know but it looked cool it was it was really cool to kind of walk around and just explore and to think like wow they would film tv shows and movies here or they really it was like the potential like they could film a cool movie here 
you know, I'm just walking around with my family, taking pictures, having fun, kind of hoping for the day that, you know, they filmed a really big movie um, and that you could recognize, you could pause it on the screen, be like, hey, look, that's where we stood and took a picture, you know. Um, you know, I talk about in a couple of the episodes here, like me and my buddy Brian, you know, he's a big film guy. He's a you know, film production major. He's got a career in that field. I remember when we went in 2008 on our trip, like we walked around there. We wanted to make a movie so bad walking around there and or at least at least a, a YouTube video. Um, I, I wish we could have thought of something or, you know, it was a little tough back then with the technology and uh, kind of, you know, we were probably too busy riding a rock and roller coaster anyway, but always so cool to me to see the streets of America and just what they represented, the feeling, you know, walking around there, it was just so cool. There was actually uh, one, like, uh, shop on the the street that was based off in New York. It was called Use Guys Merchandise. Uh, that's, it was spelled uh, how you would say it in a, like, 20s New York accent. And my family and I still quote it. My buddy Brian, you know, we still quote it too. And when he came down in 2008, I think we said, Use guys merchandise. Probably about 50 times because uh, we're cool like that. And, um, you know, just stuff like that sticks out. It leaves memories. Like my family still randomly says that, you know, it was just words on a, uh, like on a fake newsstand on these streets of America. I, you know, selfishly, I do wish they could have kept it. I feel like they could have added to it. Maybe they put some sort of show out there or incorporated it into a ride more. You would kind of see it, you know, at the end of the Backlot Tour attraction. Uh, but it was just something cool. It was unique. And, like, the fact that they could potentially film, you know, movies and shows there always made it cool to me. I feel like they should have gone out of their way to film more things there. You know, even if it's not your Hollywood blockbusters, like... You know, Disney's powerful. They have so many entities. Like, film some Disney Channel shows there, some Disney Channel original movies there, something. Um, you know, but uh, Streets of America, it's kind of one of those you kind of had to be there. You know, if you were too young or you were never there and you're, like, looking it up or just listening to me talk about it, you're like, it's just a street. What's the big deal? You just kind of had to be there. That's probably the best way to describe it. But I do miss it, and I wish it was still around today. All right, number three. The number three thing I miss most about Disney's MGM Studios, this one's pretty basic, pretty easy. I miss the fact that it was an actual working movie studio. You know, I, I've talked about it a lot this entire episode, but I just always have found that really cool. I love movies and shows, and I'm kind of always into that stuff. And the fact that it was a theme park that also doubled as a uh, you know studio, I always thought was cool. You know, I'm not. Uh, I've been to California only once in my life. I don't get the whole L.A. thing, the Hollywood thing, you know. Why not move it to, to Florida? Why not have, you know, Hollywood East? Um, considering the fact that they did make, you know, especially like in the animation department, you know, I feel like they could have, you know, kept those studios there. You know, they made Mulan, like I said, you know, and Brother Bear. Um, they had success, you know, Lilo and Stitch. They had success there. You know, with the theme parks and the way that the Orlando, um, you know, the city was, you know, growing in general, the population and the, the economy, I feel like they could have, they've could have, they could have kept it going. And I've heard uh, some stories and stuff that, you know, part of the reason why it kind of fell apart was that actors, you know, didn't want to move to Florida and stay in Florida when, you know, when you have other projects that are going on in California and you got to fly back to California to do those projects or. 
you know, stuff like that. And it, what was pretty cool is that when it was a working studio, the um, it's still there today. It's it's called the commissary. I think it's still the ABC commissary. Um, kind of by Star Tours there. It's a restaurant. You can get food. That was an actual place where the actors would go to eat. And if you were eating lunch there, you know, you could randomly see, like, Tim Allen, you know, getting his food. Um, I believe they sat in a different area, uh, but you could see them, um, which is pretty cool to think about. Especially me being a big wrestling fan, like, all, like, the wrestlers used to kind of walk around with their families and go and eat there. And I've heard a lot of stories about them and, you know, where they would stay in the hotels and stuff. But imagine, you know, you're, you're on vacation, you're at MGM Studios... You're, uh, you're going to the commissary to get some food for lunch, and all of a sudden, like, an actor from your favorite TV show, let's say Grey's Anatomy, Ellen Pompey, you know, walks in and, you know, gets a chicken sandwich and goes to eat. Like, how cool is that? Like, it, what a great story to tell people when you get back home from vacation. You know, I, I, I hate to keep bringing up wrestling, but, uh, you know, how cool is it that uh, when I'm a kid, big fan... They set up a wrestling ring, like, for their live TV show, like, front and center at the entrance of MGM Studios. Hollywood Studios, same layout, you know, right at the, when you walk in where there's that giant, um, kind of Mickey spire that kind of spins around. They set up the wrestling ring right there. So, like, I'm sitting at home with my dad, we're watching wrestling, and we're like, wow, look at that. There's a ring, like, exactly where we walk in, that's at the entrance, it was so cool, you know, at the end, like, the wrestlers are, like, walking around, like, the top of, like, the entrance gate area, and, you know, stuff like that is pretty cool. Like, for a while, you know, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It uh, was one of the attractions, and I always thought it was very cool when they would actually film the show there. You know, they would bring in Regis or whoever replaced him, and, um, you know, they would film Who Wants to Be a Millionaire there live, like, the actual show. I feel like it would have been cool if they could still do that. Like, still, like, imagine going there and you could watch actual filming episodes of American Idol, of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, or, you know, when Wheel of Fortune does Disney Week or Jeopardy. Like, I think that'd be so cool if they still did stuff like that. You know, maybe not full-scale movie studio, but they definitely could have done, like, you know, TV shows and game shows and Disney Channel stuff, and especially with, like, their streaming service now. You know, having, having that stuff there would be pretty cool. You know, also when I was a kid, um, they had, if you, I don't even know if it's still around, but the radio station, Radio Disney, here in Chicago's AM 1300. I used to call in all the time. Um, always requested Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. Uh, I called in and won a contest once. I won a Jessica Simpson cassette, a uh, highlight of my life. Um, but they had like a booth where the Drew Carey Sounds Dangerous attraction was. There was like a little radio booth there where they would broadcast live Radio Disney. The Radio Disney, like, DJ was in there. You could go up and, and, you know, say hi, and, like, during commercials, they'd come out and talk to you. You can sign, like, a guest book and get, like, stickers and stuff. And, you know, stuff like that. As a kid, obviously, that lasted, you know, it was a lasting memory for me. Uh, And I miss stuff like that. Um, If you, you know, um, thinking of things that were, uh, were filmed there, you know, the show uh, Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan, not a good show at all. Terrible. Very cheesy. But it's cool to look at now. Like, look it up on YouTube. You, if you're a huge Disney fan like me, you will recognize everything. You know, they're, they're riding a boat around the Grand Floridian. They film, like, this, like, 
chase fight scene on the rocks like at Typhoon Lagoon like where you're walking like to go on the storm slides it's just cool to see stuff like that you know being filmed at Disney I'm like hey I, I recognize that but my number three uh, obviously I miss it being an actual movie studio another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's move on now to my number two. I miss the Backlot Tour featuring Catastrophe Canyon and Harbor Attack. Now, if you've never been there, if you're younger, you have no idea what I just said. But the Backlot Tour was an attraction at uh, MGM Studios slash Hollywood Studios. You know, it lasted longer than I thought it would. But it was an attraction that was pretty much like a tour, you know, of the park and behind the scenes. And it featured two pretty cool kind of side attractions. So first... Um, you know, while you're waiting in line, you're kind of just seeing a bunch of movie props. They got some screens that, um, you know, towards the end, I don't know about in the beginning, but at the end, you know, they, uh, they would show stuff with like Michael Bay and like the work he did on the movie Pearl Harbor. Because while you're waiting in line, before you get on the actual attraction, there was a pre-show um, that involved audience members. So while you're standing in line, cast members would come out and they would pick usually a family uh, of volunteers and you would take part in this pre-show and it was basically like a special effects movie set um, kind of centered around like Pearl Harbor-ish where you know one of your family members or one of the you know one of the guests uh, is on, is in like a boiler room that gets hit by a torpedo and it fills with water um, while the other three participants are on a um, like a, a ship a battleship that gets attacked by like fighter jets and there's like bullets going off and, and fire and explosions. And it's all up to you to like provide like the acting. So if you've seen it, it is, depending on who they pick, uh, it could be a lot of fun. It could be hilarious. And somehow uh, in my lifetime, I got picked twice to do it. Me and my family got picked twice. Once in 2008 with my buddy Brian, me, him. My dad and my mom. My mom was the captain in the like engine room, and uh, first they kind of they put her in the room. They have you pick up like this fake phone, and uh, act like uh, you know it's like another commander telling you that there's incoming torpedoes. You know, a bunch of explosions go off, and like a like a ton of water just gets dumped on you. And the whole time it's getting recorded, and they play it back like with the special effects, uh, which was always cool to see. And then after that, the other three, it was me, Brian, and my dad, and we're on this battleship. My dad's the captain, he's steering, you know, and uh, me and Brian were like the crewmates, just like, uh, you know, mopping the deck and cleaning the deck, and all of a sudden, like, these planes come in, and you hear the sound effects, bullets start going off, and, like, you see, like, the special effects bullets hitting the water, and it's up to us to kind of provide the acting. We're flopping around, jumping around, like, waving our towels in the air. Like, it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. We got it all on video. I believe it's on, on my YouTube or on, on one of my channels. I've posted it. Um, it could be a lot of fun. I remember we're doing it, and 
So, like, right before it starts, like, they make you put on, like, these, like, uh, thick, like, rubber, like, waterproof suits and boots. And we're getting ready. I'm putting on my boots. And Brian, you know, this is his first trip to Disney. He's never seen any of this. I've never been picked before. But, you know, Brian turns to me. He's like, Kev, you know, we got we to gotta make this good. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump overboard. I'm like, Brian, you, you can't jump overboard. Like, I don't know how deep it is. There's, like, flame cannons going off. He's like, we got to do something cool. Like, what if I jump overboard? I'm like, you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, so instead, uh, instead of him jumping overboard and potentially dying, um, he instead fake died. And uh, the bullets hit him, and he flopped to the ground. Uh, I had to give him CPR. And the, the cast member, um, she seemed a little annoyed with our uh, over-the-top acting, if I, if I had to say it. But um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then again, a few years later, my other friend Chris came down with us. We got picked again, uh, and the same type of thing. We had to, you know, cheese it up, show off our acting chops. Um, I pretended to die this time, and he, like, picked me up and, like, threw me over his shoulder. It was a lot of fun. But that was, like, part of the show. That was part of the experience. It was super unique. And, again, like I said, depending on who they pick, it could be hilarious. It can be different every time you go on it. Uh, but after that part, you actually get to go on to the attraction then. Um, before you get on, like, these giant trams, you, like, walk through warehouses of, like, props from TV shows and movies and stuff, which I always thought was cool. I remember my dad always loved they had, like, the lawnmower that was in an episode of Home Improvement that was, like, all tricked out and had flames on it. Um, then once you get on the tour, uh, you know, you get on the tram, you just basically go, like, on a tour of the behind the scenes of the park, and you'd see, like, different movie sets and props and like giant vehicles that were used and you know countless movies not not just like disney movies you'd recognize like random ones you're like oh wow that's from that okay um you know back in its heyday it was really cool to see towards the end like all the props were you know gone you'd see like a few things here and there um i want to say like early on too like they actually had like the movie or uh, like the tv show like sets like the houses that you would see I think, like, they had the house from, like, Golden Girls, the house from Home Improvement, and maybe another show. But that was always cool to see. Um, then, like, halfway through the tour, you would go into this one area that was called Catastrophe Canyon, uh, which was cool. It was, like, a fake... Um, it's hard to describe, but you'd, like, pull up onto this, like, rickety bridge, and you're, like, in a canyon... And uh, there was, like, an oil tanker that would flip over and explode. Uh, so there's flames everywhere. It's hot. You can feel the heat. And then, like, a like this, like, water tower would tip over. It was just kind of like a cool special effects show that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid because I thought we were on an actual, like, rickety bridge and we were going to die. Um, but it was cool to see. Then you'd finish up your tour. You'd kind of go around, like, the streets of America. Uh, and then towards the end, you'd exit and, like, kind of go through a... Um, almost like a museum i think it was like the it was some sort of it was sponsored by something like the american film society or one of those where they had a lot of costumes and props and you could see uh, you know stuff like that a lot of cool souvenirs but that was the backlot tour if you've never been on it if you don't know what i'm talking about uh, trust me go on youtube someone's gonna have a video try to find one uh like the older the better because towards the end of its run before it closed um, you know, the, there wasn't much to see. The movie props were all kind of gone. It was a lot shorter once they built the um, once they built the stunt action show, the lights, camera, action stunt show. That kind of cut a lot of the tour down. 
you did get to see behind the scenes of that, which was kind of cool, a little information on that. Uh, but back in the day, like, you, you, you would go through, like, the warehouses that kept all the uh, costumes and, and sets, like, they would make them there. So you'd see, like, workers, like, sewing together costumes for actors and, you know, uh, carpenters making props. Like, it, it was so cool to see... You know, and they'd have like stuff hanging up in the window, like, "Oh, that's the, uh, that's that's a costume from Pirates of the Caribbean," or "Oh, that's from this." So, very cool to see, so unique, so interesting, and I definitely do miss it. And do yourself a favor, if you've never seen it or you don't remember, uh, check it out on YouTube. Before I get to my number one, I do have a few honorable mentions that, you know, I thought about considering and, and making this a top ten, but that kind of would have been a stretch. You know, to just list off 10 things I miss about MGM Studios. I probably could have, but I figured five would be more in-depth. Um, you know, one of them, very controversial, the Sorcerer Mickey hat, the Sorcerer's hat. I do miss it. A lot. I don't know, for some reason, like, a lot of people hated it because it blocked the Chinese theater, I think. Um, it was there for, you know, a good amount of time. It was there, and you kind of just got used to it. But, you know, I, I never thought it was out of place. I kind of felt like it fit there. You know, right down that main street as you walk in, you see it. Great spot to take pictures. The, the theater was, was cool. Um, but, like, you know, I don't ever remember being like, oh, let's take a picture in front of the theater. Like, what I liked about it more was, like, they had, like, the handprints and stuff outside of, like, the celebrities, like, putting it in the wet cement. But I liked the sorcerer's hat. I thought it was, like, a... It was that park icon, I think, that would have fit, you know? Magic Kingdom has the castle, Epcot has Spaceship Earth, Animal Kingdom has the Tree of Life, and, you know, MGM, you know, some people liked the Earful Tower, some people liked the theater, some people liked Tower of Terror as, as the park icon. The Sorcerer Hat would have worked. Like, here's the icon, it was on a bunch of merchandise, it fit, you know, Sorcerer Mickey, Fantasia... Um, but some, I feel like you either loved it or you hated it, and uh, I never minded it. Um, another one on my honorable mentions list is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play It. It was, you know, the, the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. If you weren't uh, of age at that time, that show took the country, like, by storm. It was huge. And uh, when Disney put it in at, you know, at, at MGM Studios, it was just as huge like it was super popular everyone wanted to play and it was so cool how they did it like you could actually go on and play like it, it felt like you were on the tv show uh instead of winning you know money you would win like disney prizes which was cool and i always wanted to get picked i never did um actually if i i don't know there was a while there i was too nervous like i, I think a few times i intentionally got some of the answers wrong uh so that i wouldn't go up there because i was just way too shy but i would love to do that now uh, and be in front of the crowd and try to win some uh, Disney prizes and stuff. But that was really cool. Very unique. Um, another thing on my list is kind of a niche thing, but it was ESPN The Weekend. Now, this was, I don't know how long it lasted, but probably from like 2003 or 4 through like 2007 or 8. Um, ESPN would have like a special dedicated weekend at Disney they do a bunch of stuff and you know at least the couple years that I was there like MGM Studios was pretty much like their headquarters for it like they had all like the the stuff there like I was on the background of the show the ESPN show Baseball Tonight with my dad this was July of 
I think it was July 31st, 2004, and I remember that because I was live in the background as the Cubs traded for Nomar Garciaparra, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life because he was he was Nomar, like he was this Boston Red Sox legend, all-star like player. He got traded to the Cubs. Me and my dad were so hyped. We're in the background. I'm standing on a garbage can yelling, go Cubs. My dad's yelling, go Cubs. Like people at home, like my uncle was watching and like saw us in the background and started recording it on uh, on his VCR. And that was so much fun. I'll never forget it. They had like all these like exhibit, like um, all these like fun activities. They had like a Papa Shot like contest. They had like three point contests. They had live shows. They had all this like NBA stuff there. It was so much fun. I loved it being a huge sports fan, and I always uh, always looked forward to you know the ESPN the weekend. And they they stopped doing that. And I don't know if they switched it around, but it was mostly you know at MGM Studios. Another thing on my list, honorable mention, <laughs> this one. Uh, some of you guys will really understand the cream cheese stuffed pretzel. Uh, I I don't know if it's at some of the other parks, but it was. I would always only get it at uh at the studios and um sometimes they just randomly take it away and then it's back and it was always by like the theater i'd always get my my pretzel there but that pretty much wraps up my honorable mentions let's move on to my number one you've probably guessed it the number one thing i miss about mgm studios of course is the great movie ride now obviously it was still there until recently it was still technically you know hollywood studios but the great movie ride was you know it it was there with the birth of the idea of MGM Studios. I believe, like, when they were contemplating, um, I want to say World Showcase or Epcot, they were talking about attractions. I think that's where the idea for a movie-based ride first kind of came into, you know, fruition. And then, you know, a few years later, when they start planning MGM Studios, boom, let's open up this ride, the great movie ride. It'll be all about the movies. And... It was iconic. It's still iconic. And then and I feel like everyone still misses it. And there was just something about it. Like, again, here's a here's an attraction where the cast members have a role. They play a role in the attraction depending on, you know, depending on how they are, they're acting. Like, it can kind of change the experience. Um, but, you know, with animatronics mis- mixed with live action cast member acting, like, it was so cool. I know it's a slow-moving ride. And I know, like, maybe, like, the re-rideability for some people wasn't there. But it was such a classic attraction that they put a lot of effort and theming into. And it, it truly paid, you know, tribute, you know, to these classic movies. And, you know, some of the scenes are iconic with Casablanca and Mary Poppins. You know, um, you know the big ones everyone talks about was always, like, the... The scenes with the cast members, you know, the gangster scene and the, the scene in, like, the, the pyramid, uh, like, the Indiana Jones-style scene. Yeah. You know, the alien scene. Like, I mean, let's talk about this. The alien scene of that attraction. How scary and terrifying was that as a kid? Like, I I was probably still, like, 8, 9, 10 years old, and we would get to that scene, and I was terrified. You got the sirens going off. There's smoke. All of a sudden, there's this alien coming from the ceiling. It's so scary, so cool. You know, you see um, Sigourney Weaver's character standing there. Um, just the storytelling of that that ride was like so immersive. You know, and then you go into the room, 
with all the snakes and you got the cast members like oh snakes why has it got to be snakes um iconic lines and you know they play a role you get to see uh the Wizard of Oz, another one, like uh, such a popular movie, my, you know, one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. You get to see all these animatronics and the Yellow Brick Road and the, um, you know, Munchkin Land, I believe it was called, right? I don't know, that movie kind of always creeped me out. Um, we get to sing along, you can see the Wicked Witch. It's it, iconic, it really was. It paid tribute to these classic movies that will live on forever. And it was, it represented what the park was. And when they took it away, I will forever fight. Like that was a mistake. That was a mistake. You didn't have to. You didn't have to close the great movie ride to add the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway, you know, railway. Like it's a it's a cool ride. Don't get me wrong. It just seems so out of place in that theater. Like if you wanted to build a Mickey and Minnie ride with their friends and with that technology, just build a new ride. You just put it in a building. You know make the land find the land find the room you have plenty of room plenty of other things you could have closed besides another attraction that was iconic and it's something i wanted to talk about you know at the end of this episode anyway um kind of like a mini top five within a top five can we do that am i breaking like the fourth wall here um i want to do five movies that i would have added to the great movie ride so i will forever fight that they shouldn't have closed it they should have either updated it, changed some of the scenes, or just straight up added new scenes. Now, I think it would be kind of hard to go through and say, like, which ones I would remove to add five, so I'm just going to say, you know, five movies I would add, and you can kind of, you know, um, play along and tell me if you agree or disagree. So for my top five, I decided to do a combination of either Disney movies or Turner Classic movies. Uh, at the end of the ride's run there, it was sponsored by Turner Classic Movies, so I, you know, I googled them and, um, you know, looked at their IMDb page of movies technically, like, under their umbrella. Um, so here we go. My number five I thought would be interesting. You know, there was that scene, it was a short scene in the great movie ride where they talk about Tarzan, and we see Tarzan swing from one side to another. I figured, why not just change that up a little bit and add in... The animated Tarzan, uh, the Disney classic from the late 90s, you can either, I had two ideas, either one, just replace that Tarzan scene and replace it with like Disney, uh, the Disney Tarzan like audio animatronics, or you can have both scenes, like one side or one room have, you know, the classic Tarzan scene where he's just swinging and you hear him, and the next one transition into the animated Tarzan, have some of the animatronics, you could have Tarzan, Jane, um, all his friends, I don't remember their names, actually, you know, the the gorilla played by Rosie O'Donnell, uh, and just have some Phil Collins just blasting in there. Like, how sick would that be? You know, just, you go through a room, you can have, like, the animatronics dancing or just kind of doing whatever with some Phil Collins blasting, maybe a little Strangers Like Me. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, so that would be my number five. My number four, I think, would be kind of cool. My number four would be National Treasure. You know, the there was two movies. Uh, both of them, I thought, were really good. Uh, pretty underrated. And probably a franchise that deserved a trilogy, uh, if not more spinoffs. I think they're going to do a new one. Uh, I think with, like, a different cast, though. I think Nicolas Cage actually did a pretty good job. But iconic movies, kind of underrated. Uh, not talked about that much. Disney movies. 
you have a scene, you know, we have the scene in the great movie ride with uh, kind of rips on Indiana Jones and the temple and the snakes, you know, do something with uh, national treasure and stealing the declaration of independence. I think that would be pretty cool. And what if Nicolas Cage ended up as an audio animatronic in a Disney attraction forever? That would be amazing. So my number four, National Treasure. My number three I thought would be pretty interesting considering we've seen uh, this franchise in other Disney parks like Epcot and also in uh, MGM Studios. How about a scene with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Or, you know, we, we had the 3D show Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. We had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground at MGM Studios. How about a scene where... You know, you're in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or you see the animatronics. I think that would be pretty cool. Maybe you go through and you're small. Maybe you go through a room and everyone else is small. You know, you could have fun with it. You know, Disney Imagineering could really have a good time with that one. You know, Disney always seemed to have a good relationship with Rick Moranis. They always seem to um, kind of, uh, you know, promote that franchise with, obviously, with two different things in the park. There are some sequels. Um, so I think that would be cool. It would be fun. You know, uh, we don't have the other, you know, the, the show or the playground in the parks anymore. So this would have been something you could have kept that franchise going, kept that alive, you know, kept that Wayne Zielinski character kind of going and, uh, you know, be a part of the attraction forever. So my number three, honey, I shrunk the kids. My number two, I think this one would have been, um, kind of cool, kind of interesting, uh, my number two, although it may not have been the most popular movie, Saving Mr. Banks. You know, it's a it's a Hollywood film about Walt Disney. You know, Tom Hanks plays Walt Disney, so you have a, a legendary actor playing Walt, you know, himself. It did a great job with it. I love the movie. Obviously, I'm a big, huge Disney fan. I think they could have, you know, even make more movies uh, with Tom Hanks playing Walt. Um, hopefully in the future they do, but Saving Mr. Banks, you know, it kind of pays homage to, to Walt, to Disneyland, to Mary Poppins, you know, the Sherman Brothers, you could have all of those things included. I think it would fit perfectly in a new reimagined great movie ride. Um, yeah, I think that would be good. Number two. And my number one, um, I didn't know this was a part of Turner Classic Movies. Maybe IMDb is lying to me. But hey, let's go with it. My number one would be Titanic, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, you could have a bunch of iconic scenes you could recreate. May, you know, uh, maybe him freezing and, and falling off into the ocean might be too much. Um, but you could have you know the iceberg scene, the on top of the world scene, you know the music, the iconic song. I think that would be cool. It would fit. You know, it it is a classic. It did amazing box office numbers. It did amazing with the critics. Is regarded as you know a great movie all around. Uh, I believe that's James Cameron, right? And they have a relationship with him. So I think Titanic. Uh, I think it would have fit. It would be cool to see, you know, how they would do that with animatronics and props and everything. Um, but yeah, Titanic, my number one. That kind of wraps up my top five. You know, it, they could have done it. I, they they could have done it. They could have reimagined it. Whether they just added new scenes. Whether they replaced some scenes, they could have done it. They could have gotten more creative and kept the great movie ride alive and well. But before we wrap up this episode, got to hear from you guys. Always got to get input from you guys. I love hearing uh, what you guys have to say. Uh, on my Instagram, 
I asked you guys, I put out a story. What's one thing that you would change and or add to Disney's Hollywood Studios? So let's go through some of the responses now. Andrew J. Volker says, bring back the water tower, Mickey ears, the earful tower. Yes, it was iconic. Some regarded it, you know, as the, uh, you know, the park icon. Rye Williams says, keep old stuff along with the new. That's the magic. That's the magic of Magic Kingdom. Other parks should do the same. So kind of, you know, um, combining that nostalgia with, uh, you know, the new. Not a bad idea. Uh, Lou Lee says, better food. Um, okay, maybe, but better quick service, maybe. Um, better snacks. I guess uh, we'll have to dive deeper into that. D. Kyle Funderburk says, I would copy and paste Radiator Springs from Disney's California Adventure. That would be cool. I like where you're heading with that. That would be cool. Copy and paste it. You know, I, I wrote it once. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% all in on that. You know, put you can put the Cars franchise in the park as well, and it was a great attraction. Uh, Clan McLaren says more alcohol to go. All right, drinks, uh, drinks on me next time we're there. Adventures of Max and Greg. Uh, change the leadership and add the old principles and standards. Leadership, 100%. Yeah, it's got to change. It starts from the top. The whole company, um, you know, the add the old principles and standards. You know, Hollywood Studios right now. I, I know we've talked about this on Instagram. Is the one park I feel like they're just trying to put as much intellectual property as possible in there. They don't care about anything original. Let's just, uh, you know, let's just try and print money. Oh, here's some Star Wars. You know, they're probably going to retheme Rock and Roller Coaster. I just don't know the direction that that park is headed in. Uh, and that's where the leadership, you know, would come into play. Carter Ivy says, add a Marvel area behind Rock and Roller Coaster that connects to Toy Story Land that makes the park more of a circle like the other three parks. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, this one, you know, it kind of has some dead ends, whereas the other parks, you don't have that. You can just kind of walk around full circle. And, like, obviously, honestly, the layout of the park is a little confusing to me, Yeah, if I'm being honest. Uh, next, Amanda DeSanto says, make Star Wars into its own park. Added more backlot rides to fit the theme of the park. Yeah, I, I've had that uh, conversation with someone before, too. I think my dad's a big proponent of that. Like, they should have just given Star Wars its own park. It could have been smaller. Uh, you know, you had the hotel. You can connect the hotel just to that park. Um, maybe even, like, move Star Tours over there. Just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Star Wars. You should have either given it its own park or, you know, reimagined the entire, you know, Hollywood Studios because it's weird how it doesn't connect to Star Tours and Muppets is kind of right there and they're building a hotel right behind it. and Or the hotel's open now, but it's just... You know, kind of all over the place. Allie M146 says, bring back the Backlot Tour. I, oh Man, I miss it so bad. Hannah Mraz uh, said, add a Radiator Springs Racers. All right, just like Disneyland. So, you know, a, a couple Radiator Springs Racers um, nods right now. That would uh, that would be great. Uh, move Mickey's Runaway Railway to its own spot and put back the great movie ride. So, yeah, I think we're, I think we're all in agreement on uh, those three things would be great additions. Darth Dagan says, make Galaxy's Edge bigger and more immersive. Yeah, so when I went this summer, it seems small and crowded and compacted to me. 
Like they really tried to squeeze everything in there. Kind of a confusing layout. They should have just, you know, expanded it more, made it bigger, made it more immersive. You know, maybe maybe then I would have uh, been a bigger fan. Laura Coelho says, I'd love to see a Monstropolis themed area. Now that, okay, I, that would be really cool. That'd be really cool. Maybe over there by uh, Toy Story Land, somewhere over there. That would be exciting. I love the uh, Monsters, Inc. ride at Disneyland. I think it's very cute. Love the animatronics. I love that franchise, so that would be pretty cool. Juicy Dubs says, uh, needs another ride slash land. Yeah, it definitely does. It needs more attractions. It, it needs more attractions, especially when, like, you know, Galaxy's Edge, you still can't just walk on those rides. Makes everything else super crowded. Uh, Juicy Dubs also said it's a small amount. It's small for the amount of people they slam in there. And uh, Fantasmic needs to return. Yes, 100%. I'm with you there. Cat Freet says, bring back making it feel like the movies were live. Missed the backlot tour slash drawing demos. Yeah, that's right. The drawing demos, the animation classes. I forgot about those. That's, yeah. I wish it was still some sort of a uh, movie studio or had that vibe to it at least. Uh, Kate's Take says, more rides. It's still a half-day park. Also more shaded air conditioning areas to relax. 100%. It, it needs more rides. Like, I hate to say it, but you can go in there and get everything done in a half-day still. The Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, those are the two big ones. Knock them out. You know, if you're not a fan of Galaxy's Edge or you can't get in the virtual queue, like, yeah, there's really not much else to do. You know, you go on Muppets because it's a five-minute wait, and uh, that's about it. Bombshell Lauren says, bring back the Honey I Shrunk the Kids playground. Nowhere in Disney's Hollywood Studios to just relax and let the kids play. That, yeah, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids uh, playground, that was a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure my grandpa, back in the day, crawled up there with us, so... I have a, a lot of good memories there. Matthew J. Trask says, More old-timey Hollywood stuff. The Art Deco Golden Age of Hollywood is so awesome. I, I like that a lot. Definitely maybe like around like the Tower of Terror area, Sunset Boulevard. I love old-timey stuff, old-timey Hollywood. You know, where they all kind of talk like this, you see? You want to make it big, son? Uh, <laughs> um, I think that would be cool. Old-timey stuff uh, I can always get behind. Macy Meeker says, I loved the old movie behind the scenes attractions they had. I want them back. Yeah, I'm with you. It was it was unique. It gave you a sneak peek behind the scenes. It was an acting, you know, actual movie studio lot. And there's just something to that that's so cool. And the fact that it was also a theme park too. You can go behind the scenes and see how they make all these movies, you know, and then ride Tower of Terror. So I definitely um Definitely am with you there. I wish they would bring back that. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys again for all the input, all of your suggestions. Um, I always appreciate it. I always try to put out a, uh, an Instagram story up so, uh, so I can include you guys in each and every episode. And if you, again, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram. That's where I post these stories. DMs are always open if you want to chat Disney. If you have suggestions for a podcast episode, a topic, a conversation, comments, questions, concerns, I'm all ears. Uh, if you just want to chat about you know anything, Cubs, sports, movies, doesn't matter, hit me up. Uh, Disney World Today. And again, too, if you can, do me a huge favor. Wherever you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button. It takes like three seconds. I'll give you three seconds right now really quick to do so. Thank you very much for subscribing. And if you can, leave me a rating and a review. 
on uh, the Apple iTunes page. And if you leave me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. That's all I got, guys. Got some fun episodes coming up. I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope this one helped you uh, get you through your day, provide some Disney magic, whether you're at work, sitting in traffic, doing chores, cardio, whatever it may be. Always remember, it all started with a mouse. Thank you.